Super Talk Mississippi media production. Come see the Boutique on Central in downtown Laurel for the best deals in women's fine clothing. Let us complete your one-of-a-kind look at the Boutique on Central at 531 Central Avenue in downtown Laurel. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We have Hunter Dawkins, who's the president and owner of the Gazebo Gazette in uh, Pascashan, Long Beach area. Uh, we're just talking about how important local news is to a community and um and and we'll, we're we're going to continue that conversation. But Hunter, I just wanted to say, your mother, Deborah Dawkins, is someone I had a lot of respect for. She served uh, as senator in uh, the Mississippi legislature for uh, was it twenty years or nearly twenty years? Oh, it was twenty years from two thousand or from nineteen ninety nine to twenty nineteen. So yes, sir. And what I remember about her was <clears throat> when she when she locked onto something. She felt strongly about it, and she really voted her conviction. And if you if you if you wanted someone who's going to be doggedly connected to an issue, your mother was the one to have on it for sure. She was an inspiration for you, I bet. Well, and more importantly, not only for me but for the coast. I mean, she she wanted everything that was good for the coast residents and their way of life to be able to do things and be able to go out and, uh, and enjoy it. And, uh, certainly she was an inspiration, uh, not only as a mother, uh, but, uh, she was, I know this of course would be a little biased opinion, but you know, she was in my mind, one of the ideological legislators and statesmen because she did things without real concern for money and without yeah. concern for getting reelected she did things because it was the right thing to do so and see i love that aspect because i think one of the things that's missing today in politics is uh, a level of independence um, that we're too often defined by you know the the polarizing ends and you know really as you know most of america whether you're a democrat or republican most of america is right there in the middle we're we're moderates (laughs) We, we don't like the fact that we're on either end, like we're being forced to be. It's and a sad from, position. From her perspective, she was friends with everybody in, in the legislature, but she spoke up about what she felt passionate about and things that that weren't exactly a partisanship issue, things that were affecting the people. The, that was that's what you idealize when you uh, when you study you know the American government and things as such as I have. You know, you, you idealize the John Adams, the Thomas Jefferson, the founding fathers, what they got behind. And they were passionate about certain principles that helped the, the constituents and the people. So, yeah, there, there's no doubt about that. And, man, I, I covered the day when we can get back there again, where the issue, <laughs> the issue and we can have a debate about the issue and not have all this noise the as as Alberto Bargwin, the president of Knight Foundation and former president and publisher of the Miami Herald and Nuevo Herald said that just just so much noise, almost impossible to sort through it. My goodness. So you actually did a stint with uh, Gene Taylor. You had you'd done some you had done some journalism in your past. So talk to me about what you did before you owned the Gazebo Gazette. 
Well, I had uh, briefly, you know, I grew up down here and I went to school at Catholic University in Washington, D.C. I was very lucky, got a scholarship there, and uh, I definitely wasn't exactly the most academically, you know, intelligent person, but I, I was lucky enough to get the opportunity to go to school there. And uh, that really got me on board with the uh, with the, the Washington political movement and uh, and things as such. And of course, you know me being a young kid, I was always in the politics and, and side of things. And then you know, as I grew older, as you're aware of the, the, the divide and the partisanship, just really got into me. And I really uh, I came back here um, for a brief time during Katrina, and uh, you know, then I saw. You know, the problems that were going on. And I, I went back to graduate school in Washington, D.C. at George Washington University while I was working for Congressman Taylor. And uh, I was very lucky to, to work on his staff and really be one of the people that tried to change, tried to change the way the insurance market and things were doing down here. And uh, I wasn't lucky, but then I moved down back home, uh, became a teacher, did that for a little while. Then I uh, got involved in journalism uh, and, you know, I started off sports reporting and then, uh, you know, I got lucky enough to find an opening here and uh, with the paper and I've gotten involved in the community aspect of everything. And uh, it's one of the, the dream jobs of mine because, you know, I've always wanted to be in public service attitude. And I think more than anything, and I don't think you understand that, too being a somebody that's leading the paper is somebody that's in the service to the public. So I used to say, uh, Roland Weeks was my mentor. So he, he, I couldn't have picked a better mentor. I mean, he saw in me things I didn't see in myself long before they emerged. He was just a really good mentor, but he taught me that a publisher, if they're going to be really good, they have to wear three hats. One is you have to, you know, there's a First Amendment obligation. So, you know, the, the, the journalism is an important part of what you do. Second, you're CEO of a company. You've got to run the company because the fiduciary responsibilities related to that are really important to sustaining journalism. Absolutely. And third, you're a community leader. You know, to the extent that you volunteer, and I, <clears throat> I spent a tremendous amount of my time volunteering whether it was the governor's commission after Katrina. I, I led the oil recovery efforts for Governor Riley in Alabama when I went there. But I always believed that that volunteerism was important. But more important, actually, was when you're in, on the ground level involved in volunteer work, when you're involved in the community, it makes you a better publisher because you're able to make sure that the editorial voice of the newspaper really does reflect the needs of the community. Those things ring true to you, don't they? Yes, sir. And just like you said, uh, you know, being at a lot of these local athletic events and all, trying to, you know, pitch in, trying to help here with concession stands, you know, which unfortunately I don't know if we're going to have this year right now. But but that being said, uh, really kind of uh, sponsoring of the programs, um, being a board, a sponsoring of a numerous Mississippi Gulf Coast Chamber of Commerce events things that are involved with the community and i think that really has helped help me in a from a business aspect and help sponsor you know move my move towards community news so 
Well, I know it's important, and I was uh, I had the the real pleasure and honor of serving on the Mississippi Press Association board for a number of years, and you have been repeatedly recognized by them. You've you're sort of well, no, you are an award winning community newspaper. That's actually really important when you consider how many community newspapers there are in Mississippi. What is the latest number? I don't even know. Uh, I don't know the exact accurate number, but uh, but I've. I have heard from um, Mr. Bruce and uh, the rest of from the Mississippi Press Association. It's somewhere in between 50 and 75 Division F uh, and then Division E is um, normally uh, around, I think it's around 13 or 14 and in Division D, which is a biweekly newspaper, it's about 10. So about a hundred newspapers in that in that area of weekly newspapers. So, so it's really, it's really a, a, a very special thing and also sort of a reminder of what you do and how you stack up for you to be recognized by your peers year after year. It's got to make you feel good that, that other people are noticing and that your work stacks up there with the best of them. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I try not to get too big on myself, you know, but I, of course, keep in my office here. I keep the, the award right now. <laughs> next to me. But it's, I mean, it's a good reminder, man. I mean, I've, I, I, I was in my office, but if, if, uh, if I were in my, we had to move because we had to be able to plug directly into the Wi-Fi. Sure. That's why I'm in the room we're in now. But if I were in my office, I'd be able to g- grab my Pulitzer um, reminder and share that with you because it's. I mean, uh, there, there are these moments in your career that that you that you never forget. Exactly, and that was something for me that I really felt great because of. I was recognized by outside of my own people who, you know, who I'm a hundred percent behind all the time. But, but I think that, uh, you know, having other people outside of the box recognize you, it's something truly uh, thankful for. So, yeah. So, um, how are things going in the pandemic world for you? Tell, Tell me about that. Well, you know, uh, it's it's pretty good for me right now. And I say good, not meaning good from the actual cases and things as such. But, you know, the contact that I have with, for instance, yesterday, I talked with both superintendents of uh, Long Beach uh, School District and Pascrishan School District, where they had sit-down conversations with me, going over different details, the numbers and things as such. And I think that the fact of them recognizing me and, and the ability, you know, okay, well, if we give this information to Hunter, he's going to put that out. He's going to make sure everybody has an idea of what that, and to me, that that's important. And not only them, but the, the law enforcement, the local law enforcement, Long Beach, the Harrison County Sheriff's Office, Pastor Christian, I'm very close with all of them. And the the fact of me having conversations with them and the mayors, it definitely, definitely puts uh the true community newspaper in its place. So, well, well, Hunter, we're running out of time, but let me just say this: Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you, sir. Local news is an empowering part of a community. It, as, as I said, it's it's the thing that keeps democracy viable. Without it, we're we're less. We're not this. We're not all we can be as a community. So, I, I really celebrate what you're doing, and uh, you know, I hope through this video we can remind. You know, uh, shop owners and and stores and businesses to support you, 
and for people who are not subscribing to subscribe to you because I think you know this is um, this the history of this of this newspaper is so weaved now into the fabric of that community because of Katrina and your leadership of it is so critical. Um, I wish you all the luck in the world as you go forward. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate it. Just to let you know, fifty-two weeks, forty dollars the whole year. That's it. <laughs> So. Oh, good, good for you, man. I hope people write that check. Write that check. Uh, I think it's, I, I, it's not only going to help Hunter continue in his business, but it's going to make a contribution back to the community. So thank you, Hunter. Have a great day, buddy. Thank you, Mr. Matthews. Appreciate it. When we come back, we have David Shoemaker, and uh, we're going to talk about a, 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 an amazing sort of volunteer effort that he has unleashed. You can also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.